Let's take our seats again, uh, shall we? Well, I, I hope singing the carols has kept you a little warm uh, this evening. Uh, maybe uh, after tonight's cattle service we'll have uh, a little more of an idea what it was like in that lowly cattle shed where a mother laid her baby uh, with a manger for his uh, bed. Uh, I want us uh, just to uh, spend some time uh, thinking about uh, that first Christmas and uh, in order to do that I just want us uh, to uh, hear one more uh, story, this time going back uh, to uh, when the angel uh, visited uh, Joseph in a dream before the child is born. Uh, this reading, this final reading is from Matthew's Gospel and from chapter 1, uh, reading from verse 18 to uh, 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quickly. Uh, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, the son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. Him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth uh, to a son, and he called his name Jesus. I wonder what the biggest challenges you face at this time of year are. There are, are there, many challenges that come just generally. Uh, with Christmas, finding the right presents for people, organising the family, uh, where you're going to celebrate. And the last couple of years in particular have been a challenge, haven't they? Just getting to be able to celebrate uh, Christmas. But I imagine you've not necessarily come along to a carol service uh, this evening to be challenged. But as Matthew gives his account of uh, the birth of Jesus, how that took place, he focuses on the challenges that Joseph, Jesus' adoptive father, faced uh, as he hears news of this child. Three challenges uh, that Joseph faces that I think equally come to each one of us this Christmas. Uh, first of all, I, I want us to see how Joseph is challenged to believe that God was at work, that God had done this, and so too are we challenged to believe that God is at work at Christmas. The birth of this child is a bombshell that blows Jesus's, uh, Joseph's world rather upside down, isn't it? We're told in uh, the reading that uh, Joseph was a righteous or a just man. Not a self-righteous do-gooder who saw himself as better than others. Rather somebody who thankfully received life as a good gift from God. Who delighted in belonging to God's family. 
A man who lived not for himself, not even first and foremost for others, but rather a man who primarily sought to please God in all that he did, whose greatest fear was to displease God. That's what Matthew means when he describes Joseph as a just man. And therefore, you can imagine, can you, how the bottom fell out of Joseph's world as he hears news that Mary, the woman betrothed to be married to him, is found to be with child. Joseph, totally unaware of what we're told, that this child has been miraculously conceived by God's Holy Spirit. Now, betrothal, we might think of as like engagement, but betrothal uh, was not really like engagement. It was a, a public, a legal a, a agreement to be married, a, a commitment that could only be dissolved by legal divorce. Uh, they were personal, they were social, they were financial. Uh, legal consequences to breaking this bond of betrothal. Mary, Joseph, their, their families... Their lives and reputations would be in tatters with this divorce. Joseph knows that the woman he's betrothed to, the woman he loves, the woman up until this point he's seen as a deeply devout, religious, righteous young woman is pregnant. Joseph is betrothed to her, bound to her in this legal agreement, and yet he knows he's not the father. It is an awful situation. How could he ever have trusted her? How could he ever trust his own judgment again? Unless Mary's been sexually assaulted, she's committed adultery, which was a capital offence. Joseph knows there are no other possibilities. Mary is guilty. Joseph knows that virgin conceptions just do not happen. As a Jew, as a, as a just, a righteous man, Joseph is fearful of doing the wrong thing. As Joseph faces the horror uh, that stands before him, he goes to bed and he's resolved to divorce Mary quietly, quickly, in order to reduce her shame. He'd be only too aware what God's law required for him to divorce this woman. That's the thing that would please God. And then as he sleeps, we're told an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, we need to, to be clear this evening. Angels appearing in dreams, that's not normal, is it? It is not the kind of thing that we'd expect today. And it wasn't the kind of thing that people expected then. Dream revelations from God are extremely rare throughout uh, the Bible. And when they do occur, they tend to happen in, in clusters. Uh, at key points in God's salvation plan when God is doing something new to advance his work. And God is doing something new. God is doing something significant here. Something that Joseph needs to know about. He will be the one who will protect Mary and the child. Joseph, the son of David, says the angel. But unlikely Joseph had ever been referred to in that way in his life before. A reminder, though, that however humble he was, he was, in fact, from royal descent. 
Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph wasn't fearful of uh, tying the knot, of getting married, of commitment as many uh, uh, young men are today. That wasn't the issue. No, he was a just man. He feared most not pleasing God. The reason he was seeking to, to divorce Mary quickly, quietly, was because, because he thought that was exactly what God desired. But now Joseph has all of his preconceptions challenged. Challenged to believe that God has done this. That that which is conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. Friend, if you find the events that we've read of this evening hard to believe as historical fact, look again at those who were involved. They didn't expect angels to appear with messages from God. They didn't presume the virgins could give birth. That is why Joseph jumped to the conclusion that this must be adultery. He wasn't expecting to be caught up in the events that changed the world. To understand Christmas, we need to accept that there is a supernatural aspect to our world. To believe that there is more to reality than what we can touch and what we can see and what we can measure and control. The conception of the child in Mary's womb is the work of God, of God's spirit. God at work. We don't know how much Joseph understood of what God was doing but he was a man who believed that our world is not just time and chance acting on matter. He knew that the God who is, is a God who in the beginning made all things out of nothing. Uh, that it was not beyond such an amazing, awesome God to work powerfully in the darkness of the womb of a virgin. Without human help to bring a child into the world. A child who was both fully God and fully man. Far from modern science disproving God's existence, science simply reveals the wonders of God's handiwork. Therefore, before you say, well, I can't accept these events as historical fact because I can't work out how a virgin could give birth. Friend, remember that we cannot work out how God makes anything happen. How God could create a world out of nothing. How God could raise his son from the dead. God would not be God, would he, if we could work him out. And so the first challenge to us this evening is, will you believe these events, the angels, the stars, the child in the virgin's womb, that this is God's work? God at work in his world to carry out his purposes and plans. We can't imagine, can we? Joseph must have been overwhelmed at the realisation that God was working here to do something radically new. The fulfilment of all of his promises, a new salvation work. Oh, friend, whether you're uh, used to coming along on, uh, here on a Sunday to Christ Church or whether you're visiting this evening, don't leave tonight without challenging yourself. Do I believe, as these events that we've read of, this is God at work, the God who made me and everything else? But then secondly, uh, Joseph was challenged in another way. He was challenged to welcome Jesus as the saviour. Uh, the angel says to Joseph, 
She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I don't know how you received your name, or if you're a parent, how you named your children. Often it's a, a, a name that's popular at the, uh, the time, isn't it? Or as it was in Joseph's day, uh, the name of maybe an, an elderly relative. But there was no one in Joseph's uh, family tree named Jesus, or its Hebrew equivalent, Joshua. And yet the angel announces here, Mary's child will be called Jesus, meaning the Lord God saves. In the past, God had repeatedly shown himself to be the saviour, the, the deliverer of his people from their enemies, from uh, slavery, from oppression, from uh, conquest. But Joseph knew God's gradually unfolding promises, some of which we've heard tonight. Promises that God would send a rescuer, a redeemer, the offspring of a woman to deliver his people from their greatest foe. The oldest, uh, the most destructive of enemies. To deliver them from themselves. From their own rebellion against God. That is what sin is. Our willful pushing God, the God who made us, for himself to the corners of our lives. Demanding we live under self-rule rather than under God's good rule for us. That is what we are all like, you and me and everyone we know, since our first parents turned away from God. We know what that feels like. We, we know the experience of living in, in a broken world. We know uh, and experience the brokenness in our relationships, in, in the pain and in the lies of deceit. We feel it, don't we, as we use and are used by others. With this name, Jesus, the angel announces that something greater is happening, that someone greater has come. This child, Jesus, is himself the God who saves. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God himself come to us, to do what we cannot do by taking to himself our humanity in order that he might deliver us from our rebellion against him by becoming our servant. To stand in our place, to suffer the consequences of our sinful rebellion. To make us clean before himself. To forgive us all our wrongs. To wipe the slate clean. A fresh start, a new beginning. Now, how much of that Joseph grasped as this dream angel spoke to him, we don't know. But what is clear is that Joseph was challenged to welcome this child, uh, not just uh, as, a, as a little toddler, but to welcome Jesus as the saviour. As the saviour whom Joseph, with all others, you and me and everyone else, that saviour that we need to save us from God's righteous judgment of our sin. That's a challenge that comes to us, and it involves uh, humility, doesn't it? Recognising that I have a desperate need of God's salvation. 
our Prime Minister, uh, this time last year, he held one of the first vials of the vaccine in his hand, and he was quoted as saying, salvation for humanity. Whether it's from war or infection or uh, climate change, we can be thankful, can't we, for all kinds of and many saviours throughout history. But the Bible is clear, our greatest need isn't our physical well-being, our political freedom, not even a clean environment. Our greatest need, mine and yours, is spiritual, is moral. The second challenge tonight, will you as Joseph, will you welcome Jesus as the saviour? To not simply enjoy the festive cheer of a carol service, but to see your need of a saviour who deals with guilt, who offers complete forgiveness for your every wrongdoing. Not by his birth in a manger, but by laying down his life for you, despised and forsaken, on a Roman cross. Will you welcome Jesus the saviour? And then lastly, uh, the final challenge here briefly. Joseph was challenged to devote the rest of his life to Jesus. And so are you. So am I. As Joseph wakes from sleep in this reading, he responds decisively to what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. The thing he feared most was offending God. In wanting to please God, he therefore takes Mary as his wife, as he's been instructed. And that would have been, wouldn't it, a monumental, a life-changing decision for Joseph to make here. Whatever dreams, whatever plans Joseph had for life, he now lays them aside as he commits himself to care for and protect Mary and her child. He's convinced that he'll do just as the angel has said, regardless of whatever consequences it may entail. This man will go where Jesus goes. If the child Jesus needs to go into exile as a refugee in Egypt, Joseph will take him there. If Jesus needs to live in Nazareth and grow up there, Joseph will establish his home right there. Joseph here is challenged to devote the rest of his life to Jesus. And so are you and so am I. You see, welcoming uh, Jesus into our, our life as our saviour, it, it doesn't involve fitting him into our agenda, the agenda that we have for our lives. Rather, it involves devoting our lives to his agenda. And that is always for anyone, for you and for me and for anyone else, that is always a costly decision to make. It means we will share in what happened to Jesus, recognising that his way is best. We can't expect the admiration, the acceptance of the world if the world rejects its rightful king, Jesus. And yet devoting our lives to Jesus is both necessary and it is worthwhile. Because it is the life that you and I were made for, a life of purpose, a life of meaning. A life pleasing to God. A, a, a life in fellowship with the one who created us for himself that he will now bless and with his promise that he has once and for all dealt with all of the wrongdoing, all of the guilt and shame, all the ways we've wronged him, he will remember no more. To one day be finally accepted by him. 
Well, friends, Christmas is a challenge, isn't it? But it is a, a glorious challenge. This evening, I, I wonder, as uh, we leave, will you believe that at Christmas God was at work coming to us, taking on our humanity in order that he might act to save us from what harms us most? That sin that separates us, not just from one another, but most importantly from God himself. And will you therefore use this opportunity of a, of a, of a carol service tonight to welcome Jesus, not just as the cute baby in the middle of a heartwarming story, but to welcome Jesus as the saviour that you and I need. Doing that will mean that you accept the challenge to devote the rest of your life to Jesus, as many here have already done, to live with him rather than yourself as the king who calls the shots in life. That is the very best of lives. The challenge of Christmas, the challenge that Joseph faced, and the challenge that comes to each one of us tonight. And yet the challenge for the life that God intends us to live.